0: Hey everyone, Dave and Jeff, our second podcast of the week. And I kind of like what we're doing here, where we get a guest in every single week. We kind of break it up a little bit, especially now that we're between football season and baseball season.
1: i tell you what, Dave, this is one that we've wanted to do for a long time. For for other reasons, but it's great to have Kyle Kraska here. And especially knowing what Kyle has coming up, Valentine's Day at Dave & Buster's Mission Valley An incredible thing. Kyle, welcome into the garage. How are you, brother? It's
2: awesome to be here. It's good to see you. (laughs) The famous garage. Man, I've made it. I have made it.
1: (laughs) I I tell you, man, it's such an incredible story. And uh, you were saying to me, I tape News 8 every night, 5 Mm o'clock. And you were saying to me before we started, look, I did a piece tonight. um, And I'm not sure if you saw it. I said, yeah, it's on my DVR when I get home. But... Kyle, I'm not sure if you remember, but four years ago, this coming Sunday, you had an unfortunate day to say the absolute least.
2: Did you say you're not sure if I remember? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm being <laughs> facetious because that was the day we
1: were gonna book you.
3: Yeah.
2: But
1: but let's just start there. Yeah. February tenth, two thousand fifteen. Tell us the story of what everybody knows what happened, but from your perspective.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, worst day of my life, right? I mean, without a doubt, it it was just like a a normal day. And by the way, you mentioned the the piece that that we did for the news tonight, which aired at five o'clock. It basically is a five minute piece that goes through exactly what happened that day in my driveway. Um, And I'll explain why later on exactly why I wanted to do that for the news. It was a difficult piece to do and it was... It was, it's tough to watch. It's, it's graphic to be honest with you, but I think it had to be, but yeah, that's the day I was just pulling out of my driveway, you know, shortly after three o'clock, I'm on my way to work, uh, just backing out of my driveway. And all of a sudden, um, you know, I never made it to the end of my driveway, essentially. Um, someone came up behind me and, uh, uh pinned me into the driveway and, uh, with a nine millimeter handgun, put 20 bullets through my car. Uh, six of those bullets went through me, um, two of them through my chest. I
0: don't mean to break your story up, but no. it, for the people who aren't aware, I mean, because again, you don't know many too many people in life that ever been shot before. Right. I mean, it's an amazing right. story that anyone that's ever been shot, Jeff and I remember we did The Topic once in 2007. If you've ever been shot, call in, and it was one of the most more popular shows because when any time you escape a life or death situation, or or basically you beat a life or death situation, when you say you were pinned in your driveway, like what exactly do you remember? When do you remember you were being shot at exactly? What was going through your mind? You said you're going to work, you've been through this drill a million times, and you're probably just thinking, what am I gonna put on the radio on the way in?
2: (laughs) Yeah, you know, you're backing out of your driveway, and then what what I realized first, I heard screeching tires, you know, um, accelerated engine, and looked at my rearview mirror and just saw a, a white van that, that basically pulled right up to behind my car on an angle, obviously, purposely yes. to pin me, to prevent me from getting out of my driveway. Okay, so I had no, nowhere to go unless I went back forward into my garage. But I just got, stopped the car and thinking, what the heck's going on here? And then, you know, at that point, person got out and started moving towards my car quickly. And I saw in his hand a large, wow. a large handgun now God. i'm not a gun guy okay i'm not i i don't know different calibers of guns and things yeah. it was just a it was a large gun okay right and i'm thinking what is going on and now your mind's racing like what is happening what is happening and next thing you know he just starts unloading it into the car i mean it's it's pointed at the car and it's just it, gunfire is going off and glass is shattering at a, a decibel level that i i can't even describe to you
0: back window it, side window
2: uh, side windows back window. Yeah, basically walked all the way around the car okay. just shooting 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 nonstop.
0: What were you thinking to do to protect yourself at that point?
2: I mean to be honest with you at that moment You're just thinking holy shit. What's going on? Yeah. What's going yeah. on here? What 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 is going on your mind? It's almost though your mind can't keep up with it You know, it's just there's too much the cars exploding literally feels like the car's just exploding and glasses flying everywhere and you're not even sure where the bullets are going. You're just, your mind is confused. Um, and now I'm thinking, I, I got to get out of the way. I've got to go somewhere. I mean, my, my car was a two-seater, okay? It was a small mm-hmm. car. So I'm thinking, I need to get somewhere. So as he kind of walked around the car over towards the passenger side, I, my first instinct, pushed the car door open. And I did. I pushed the, the car door open and fell out to the left onto the ground. But he kept walking around, got to the back blowing out the back window now gun going through these bullets flying all the way around to where i'm on the ground and he's shooting at me on the ground have I'm you almost, been hit
0: yet at this point like when? You're oh, multiple, multiple yeah. times okay so oh, i've been
2: i've been hit many times at this point
0: if you don't mind me asking the first time you got hit did you real was the adrenaline going and not realizing you got hit or did you know right away i just got hit and what
2: part of your body do you remember getting hit well i remember when the the impact of the bullet it came through the windshield and again the explosion of the sound and I remember my entire body like just went up in the air like my whole body just went went straight up I hit my head on the roof of the car that's what that's the impact it had it just blew me back like into the seat but then upward and next thing you know I, I remember hitting my head hard on the car and just this the massive impact Now exactly detailed where the hole was. I don't know. I just know that I was being attacked at that point. And that's why I I pushed myself out. I needed to, I was hoping to get myself between the car and, uh, and the person. And at one point, and I didn't know it at the time, but I know there was a pause. And then the shooting began again. And now, after the fact, I've learned that he basically reloaded. Okay. Cheese. Wow. Put another clip in. I guess they go 10. And again, not a gun guy. Right. So the. I'm, yeah. I'm a little ignorant to this stuff, but I, I learned later it was 10. It was reload 10 more. And I'm on the ground now and almost in a you know, fetal position just trying to cover myself up. And he's still shooting. And then finally it stopped. And I guess that's when he was out of the bullets. And then he decided, I'm out of here. and And off, and off he went. Did he say
0: anything to you that you remember, or did you say anything to him as it was going on?
2: Not when the shooting was happening, no. Nothing, no. It was just gunfire. You know, it was chaos, just chaotic. And um, at that moment, I'm I'm on the ground, and I kind of... And and one question I get asked a lot is, 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 were you ever unconscious? Did you ever black out? The answer is no. Okay. I, I never... At any time, lost consciousness all the way to the hospital, and we can talk about that sure. in a minute. But I'm on the ground, and I, I kind of, you know, pull myself up a little onto my knees, and I, I get into the, you know, the doorway, the door mm-hmm. jam of the car. I kind of pull myself up. There, I'm kneeling, kind of in the door jam of my car, and I'm kind of hanging over the, the hood of the uh, the roof of my car, and you know, I'm just thinking, what what is what just happened? Right, I, I, and I look down, and I saw holes. No. Okay. I see holes yeah. in my in my chest. I see. I'm, I'm wearing a black T-shirt. I can see holes. I can see a hole in my jeans in the in the mm. my quadricep of my jean. I can see a big hole and blood coming out of it badly. And I'm just thinking, whoa! Um, I, I got to call 911. I got to call 911. So I reach into my back pocket and I I pull out my phone. I always keep it in my back right pocket. And I pull it <laughs> out. I'm going to call 911. And there's just there's a hole. Oh no. In, oh man. In, in in the center of my phone and it's shattered glass and you can see this you know yeah when you go watch that the show later yeah there's a police photo of the phone it's a hole in the phone and it's shattered glass and blood all over it apparently one of the bullets while i was down on the ground fetal and he's shooting at me one of them struck me right in the phone in my rear end if that battery and i was told it was the battery that stopped it ultimately if it hadn't stopped the bullet that probably would have been the fatal bullet because if you think about all of the the arteries are in the center, that probably would have gone right through me and I'd be dead. So (laughs) this is gonna sound weird, but I remember when I looked at the phone and my first thought was, oh man, (laughs) now my phone, (laughs) I am having a bad freaking day. I literally, like it's in the weirdest moment like that, some of the things you think, and I actually giggled a little and going, oh man, now what the heck
1: am I gonna do, you know? But I remember on that day, and there's so much to cover, man. What an incredible story. But I remember on that day, the first thing that came out, one of the first things that came out was that you were talking or making phone calls <laughs> from the ambulance, right? And people are watching this. But for you, Kyle, as you look back and you reflect on that, I'm going to just stop one thing and I'm going to ask Well, I'm you. curious to know. Well, hang how on, did call hang you hang
0: 911?
1: Hang on. I want to ask him one thing. Because Dave and I have been through a lot in 2018. I'm the kind of guy that, for me, it's therapeutic to talk about this stuff. Mm -hmm. There are other people that hate talking about it. So we appreciate you being here. But for Mm -hmm. you, the more you talk about it, is it getting a poison out or is it tough to go back? And I know you've been doing it a lot to promote the event. But how is it for you to go back and
2: relive that day? and answer specific questions about it. Yeah, it, it's it's tough, um, but it's necessary, you know, okay. especially because of what we're doing here with the blood drive that we'll sure. talk about later. But um, I want people to know the story because A, I want them to know really how bad it was. I mean, I, yeah. I died twice. I and mean, Some people don't realize that. I, I literally coded and my, my pulse went to zero. My blood pressure was zero twice. Yeah. And they brought me back. One time for more than a minute, I was out and they were worried. I was not going to wake up from a coma after I was out that long. And I was in a coma for, for almost a week. So there was major concern. And I want people to know how serious it was because I want them to know how crazy remarkable this recovery is because I want to really focus on all of those people. I say this a lot. I say I was having the worst day of my life yet there were so many people on that day that had the best days of their life. Right. And that's from the person who found me in the street to the EMTs who performed a life-saving procedure on the way to the hospital, to the trauma surgeons and nurses, all those people that did everything they did over and over again for days and weeks to keep me alive, to the blood donors, I needed 14 units of blood on day one to keep me alive. So this was, this is was a miracle, you know, people throw that word around, but sure. I should be dead. I should not be here talking to two of you right now. I should be dead, and I'm not because of all these amazing people, and I want them to know that. So as difficult maybe as it is to talk about it, you know, it's it, it's necessary that I yeah, talk about it. Yeah, I appreciate it. It, it, re- it really is, and um, the first couple of years on the anniversary, which is February 10th, mm-hmm. I have reflected personally, Mm-hmm. okay I've thought about all the people that saved my life and people that help me the blood donors and the first responders and the medical staff I've even driven from my car from my house to the hospital the same route as the ambulance Wow. same time 3.15 and I'll do that again on Sunday by the way which is the anniversary on the 10th um, I've, I've thought about the people the whole way there. I've gotten there. My surgeon, Dr. Nasrallah has met me there. Yeah. We've hugged. We've walked into the trauma room that I was in. I've I've laid on the table. He's, he's leaned over to me, talked to me the way he did that day. Other people come in the room, the nurses and doctors, we all recap what happened. And then we, we cry, we, we, we hug, we, we, we are thankful. And we, we think about that day. So I've done that the last couple of years. And this year, I'm, I'm finally okay with, you know, let's take this thing public. And it means yeah. talking about yeah. it. So it means talking sure. to you guys and talking to everybody about it to let them know how amazing people were that day to save my life. And that's why I want to honor those people.
1: I'm glad you're here. Dave's glad you're here. And and that's kind of what we have found is talking about those days. I hope it helps. I hope it, yeah. it yeah. helps because you're not just the two-dimensional guy on Channel 8 that we <laughs> see at 545 and 645 and, and 11. Yeah people that care about your friends and family and a lot of others and hated to see this go through. You talked about pulling yourself up and thinking about your phone, but I'm just wondering from a mindset at that point, without any idea of what the next week was going to hold, did you feel like at that point, Whoa, I made it. Or did you feel like at that point, man, I am in really yeah. severe trouble right yeah. now. Yeah. The latter. Um,
2: yeah. I, I knew I was, sc- I was screwed. I mean, I, I, I saw the blood. Um, I saw the damage and with no phone to call anyone. And I live in a cul-de-sac. So yeah. I, I look around at every house in the cul-de-sac and it's quiet. Uh. Okay. It's three o'clock in the afternoon. It's 315. There's nobody home. Right. I, I'm looking around. Please, someone yeah. come running out of your house right now. Nothing. Zero. So I look over to the right <clears throat> and I look out to the intersection of my cul-de-sac And I'm thinking, I need to be there, okay? It's just like the mind just suddenly clicked into survival. It's like, Mm -hmm. I'm in bad shape, I have limited time, I'm bleeding badly, and I need to be over there, you know? And I'm thinking, okay, (laughs) do I have the strength to get there? You know, I'm on my knees, and I, I just started crawling, you know, I just... I just started crawling out to that spot. And I'm thinking if I can get to that spot, to that intersection, that maybe someone will drive up the street. And it's not a busy intersection, okay? We're not Mm -hmm. talking about Broadway and, you know, Market and Fifth or anything like that. We're talking a quiet neighborhood, suburbia, cul-de-sac, meeting up with uh, another street. I'm thinking hopefully if I get there, someone will drive up the street and they'll find me and they'll call 911. So I just started crawling out there. And when I, when I finally got there, I just kind of collapsed in the street and, and looked down and up the street, just waiting, hoping a car would come by. How long? Quickly. (laughs) Thank God. Again, you know, and miracle number one right there, um, look down the street and I hear, I hear a car coming up like on two wheels, like screeching tires, same thing. Yeah. Like zooming up the street, slams on the brakes about 50, 60 feet away from me. Person falls out of their car, prone position, with a weapon drawn. It's an off-duty police officer. Wow. Scott Bartolome, it's the officer, a friend of mine, that I saw at the gym, LA Fitness, that morning. Damn. And we were catching up with each other, and he said, hey, I gotta go pick up my son. I gotta go, I'll see you later. I said, well, I gotta get into work, I got a promo shoot, so I'll see you later. I go home, I get myself together, Pulling out of my driveway, get shot same time probably five six blocks away he is pulling into his driveway with his son they're blaring music rock and roll and all this they turn the car off and they hear bang 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 they hear the shots he being an officer and former military immediately recognized that was a nine millimeter wow threw his son in the house said don't open the door for anybody he keeps his gun in his car. He says it's in a lock in, his, in a safe in his, in his car. And he went looking through the neighborhood to find what just happened. And Damn. just as I'm crawling out into the road, he's flying up the street, sees me. I look over. He's got a bald head. He falls out of the car with a weapon drawn. I immediately recognize it's Scott. Yeah. I look down. I try to yell. Okay, I try to yell out to him. But because of the bullets that went through my chest, they went through my liver and my lung. So I had no breath, and I I, I couldn't breathe, and I couldn't I, I couldn't exclaim, I couldn't yell out, but I just tried my best, and it came out something like "Scott, please help me." And he heard that, and he said, "Where's the effing shooter?" Yeah, and I said, "He's gone. Just please help me." And he ran to me and cradled me in his in his arms and rolled me over and started compressing my my chest. Did, my when, when he
0: heard the shots, did he already call? No. Ahead. So he just no. basically left and looked for it without calling.
2: Exactly. And, and here's I've learned a lot again after the fact, but it's, it's a miracle that he was the one that found me because it's considered a, a hot scene mm-hmm. if they haven't figured out where the shooter is or if there's no police personnel on scene. So, for example, if just a neighbor had found me mm-hmm. and immediately called 911 about a shooting, they would not have allowed an ambulance to come in and pick me up. No. Because they can't put an ambulance in danger. I
0: understand. So
2: yeah. they would not have come until police arrived and secured the scene and I would have been dead by then. I never would have made it. So by the fact it was a police officer, he told them, Secure a scene, I'm on I'm I'm on the scene here, send an ambulance and he called nine one one and got the ambulance there very, very quickly.
1: So you said though early on you were awake during right. the entire ambulance Right. Correct. Mm
2: -hmm. Man.
1: And now you get in. And I'm just wondering, Kyle, at that point, because family and girlfriend and everything. Right. I mean, they I would assume they know it's Kyle Kraska from Channel eight almost instantly. But (laughs) but like what happens? What are they saying? What's the first step when you look back on that? Just as you and you're doing an amazing job. (laughs) I know you've done it a bunch this week. But as you're going through there, like, what's the next box that they check? Is it just immediately get you into surgery, and we'll worry about everything well, else? You said later? they saved your life in the ambulance.
2: Yeah, too. good pickup. I was just gonna, I was gonna bring that up, and I want to, you know, give these guys credit. The, um, the EMTs, and this is again, you know, I hate to say miracle, but it's to me, it's another miracle that happened. Yeah. They get me in the ambulance, and we're on our way. Okay, but because of the, the chest wounds, um, my, my chest is filling with air. Because every time I breathe, my chest is filling with air because a lung has collapsed. So I have one good lung left. That lung is now being suffocated because of the pressure in my chest. So every breath I take, I am suffocating myself to the point where now I am literally turning blue and gasping for air. Now, these EMTs, from what I was told, a month earlier had been trained on a procedure that if this happens, what to do? Wow. They had just been trained and had never, ever performed the procedure. And they said to me, they, they realized what was happening. They said, Kyle, we need to put a needle through your chest. Is that okay? And I was just like, yes, please, you know, do whatever. Yeah. And they took a needle and literally just jammed it into the, my right chest and as soon as they did, the air started shooting out of this needle, like as though you put a, a needle in a sure. basketball to deflate yeah. it. Yeah. Instantly, you could hear. And I literally just gasped like. Oh, oh. Like I had just come up from yeah. underwater after wow. five minutes. And I could immediately breathe again. And if I had not been given that procedure by these amazing individuals, I would have suffocated before I got to the hospital. God I never would damn. have gotten there. So. You know, and by the way, you know they're going to be there as yeah. well at our blood drive, which as my surgeons are, and as Scott Bartolome, they're all going to be there to be celebrated. But to get to your point, we, we get to the hospital. And <laughs> if I can just offer some levity here, some of the things you think of in, in these moments, I'm on my way, and I'm dying I'm on my way to the hospital, and some of the thoughts that cross my mind, I'm literally, and this is no joke, <laughs> yeah. I'm thinking... Man, I, I hope it's it's not a long wait at the hospital. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. Uh, you know, serious. I'm thinking, yeah. man, I wonder if I'm going to fill out forms and stuff like. Oh, sh- you know, I don't yeah. yeah. You know, maybe I'm right. getting delirious, but I'm just thinking, oh, you know, that you need to go to an emergency room and okay, yeah. fill out this yeah. form, give us your insurance card, <laughs> yeah. and please yeah. sit there, and we'll call you. And there's a kid over there you with know, strep throat. We got to get exactly him first. Right. Get and I'm thinking, it, yeah. I'm literally thinking, how long is it going to be? Well, I get to the hospital, and the, and the ambulance doors fly open. Yeah. Next thing you know, I'm just just ripped out of that car and I'm uh, on this, these wheels and they're wheeling me down this like hallway. Like the movie like, where you're the, seeing yeah. the lights? Well, you're running. They're yeah. running down this hallway. I'm just thinking, woo, 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 woo. things are going by me. And I'm like, what yeah. is going on? I go into some room and there's already like 12, 15 people in this room, doctors and nurses. Damn. And immediately there's a nurse, Tony. He's over my head. He's look, looking at me from, from behind me and down. So his face looks upside down to me. And he's like, you know, my name's Nurse Tony. You know, you, get, you know, we're, we're here to help you. And next thing I know, Dr. Nasrallah, I see his face. Kyle, you know, my name is Dr. Nasrallah. You know, uh, you're in the trauma room. You're, you're very badly hurt. I was shocked. He says, he says, Kyle, you've got 11 holes in you right now. You've been, sh- you've been hit by wow. s- six bullets. Five of them have gone through you, but one bullet is still in you. It's in your hip. It deflected off my sternum. Apparently, it went through my chest and went all the way down to my hip and stayed there. And he says, um, would you like me to remove it? And I'm, like, and I'm literally thinking, is this guy making jokes right yeah. now? I'm like, <laughs> <are> yeah, <laughs> yeah, doc. Yeah, that sounds like a good idea. I'd say let's get rid of the bullets. <laughs> yeah. So, and I'm and I'm thinking in my mind, like, how, how do they know this all so fast? It's, right. all, it's all happening yeah. so fast. I mean, I feel the steel of scissors cutting my clothes off instantly. I mean, instantly I'm naked on this cold steel bed, and I just feel like all this thing's happening. And then, um, you know, we, we start having this conversation. Um, real brief, you know, and, and, and he, he says to me, he says, we're going to, you know, we're going to do the best we can. And I, I looked at him and I just said, I said, doc, please do whatever you have to do. You know, just please save my life. I'm going to be fighting. I'm going to be fighting like, like crazy in here. Just don't, please don't quit on me. And yeah. and he said, and we just kind of locked the eyes. Like there was this connection that we had immediately. And I was just I'm like, I don't know. I, I've, I just was at, I was at peace. And he says, we need to get you into surgery right away. So that's, that was, you know that was it but one, one, one pretty amazing thing happened I just want to share with you guys that, that always struck with me um, I'm lying there on on the bed and um, you know my good friend Todd Villalobos, Yeah. So you guys you guys know him well and um, you know I I had them call him and call call Channel 8 and I, I just said you know let Todd anything you need to know about me talk to Todd he's my yeah. brother and he'll he can help you and, and I said him you know and I was thinking just in case it doesn't I don't wake up I said just please tell him I love him you know yeah and um and then all of a sudden the next thing the woman she's the communications person in the room she says kyle we just received a phone call it's your sister karen she's calling you and i'm going that's ridiculous no that that that's impossible my sister lives in new jersey that's impossible so no your sister's on the phone and she wants to make sure that she can make decisions for you Mm. while you're out is that okay Mm -hmm. and i'm like there's no way this is my sister And they said, it's it's just Karen Carbone. I said, yeah, that's my sister. And I said, yeah, she can make decisions. And I never understood why. I found out later that my nephew works for a company called Data Miner. And it's a company where, it's a social media company. And he lives in New York, he works Mm -hmm. in New York City. And basically, it's a company that gathers all the tweets and social media that's going around from all around the world. And whenever there's a concentration anywhere in the world of suddenly a lot of people tweeting about one thing, a fire. Yeah. You know, or some, you know, natural disaster, or shooting, whatever. They zero in on it, gather all the tweets, try to put the story together, and then they, they send that out to news agencies. He was walking out of work in New York City, and he looked down at his phone, and they have special phones yeah. and stuff. All of a sudden, he saw it blowing up about a sportscaster who was shot in San Diego. Wow. And he delved into it and realized it was me. He Damn. instantly called his mom, my sister, Said, you're not driving, are you? No, not. Uncle Kyle's been shot. Where is he? He's at Scripps Memorial Hospital in La Jolla. Mm -hmm. She immediately called, and before I even went into surgery that day, she was on the phone talking to me. You talk about the power of social media. And I'm so thankful because if if I hadn't given that permission to her, she may not have been able to get in to see me because I was under, like, I had fake names, uh, so people couldn't get into the hospital in order to protect me. How's that for a crazy story? That is amazing. Sorry That's I went the, off on some no, 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 no. tangent there. I, I, but. We
0: find it every every step of the way. The, it's funny that you mentioned also Todd Lobos because obviously we've known him forever. He's, he's actually in the garage with us right now, but <laughs> he, he's he's one of our best friends, yeah. and here you are. You're a busy guy. You're probably one of those guys that thinks all the time, well, I got to go into work here, but tomorrow I'm doing this. You probably always have a running list in your head of things that you have to do, That yeah. and the mm-hmm. fact that you're thinking... Todd's kind came to mind as an important person that oh, yeah. we need to contact. You know, we're lucky that you were able to get in touch with your sister before you went into surgery.
2: Yeah. By mistake.
0: Is, is there anything else that went through you, through your mind at that point? Was was there any doubt in your mind that you you were going to make it out? No, I, I have faith in the doctors and this hospital that I'm going to make it out. Or is there any point where you're thinking this could be then?
2: Well, when I was lying there in the street, you know, and, and with Scott, <clears throat> just the two of us, um, you know, I knew it was really bad and i couldn't mm-hmm. breathe at that time i was it, it, as time went on and uh, you know it felt to me like it took the ambulance an hour to get there but it did it, 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 that was in yeah. my mind yeah. when i think it was 7 minutes it took them okay which yeah. is insanely fast um but when i was lying there and gasping for breath and he was he was compressing my wounds and i could see the look on his face and even though he was giving me the greatest pep talk ever you know i knew it was really rough um now now i kept saying to myself and that's just the kind of person i've always been i'm like I'm going to make it. I'm going to get there. I mean, I'm, this is not the end. This is not going to happen. But I I had, I had a couple of interesting moments. One of them is I looked past Scott's face and I'm on the, my back looking up at the sky and I looked past him at one point and the sky was so blue that day. Damn. the, The sky was so, I mean, the bluest sky I've ever seen in my life. And I looked, I said, Scott, look, turn around, look, look at the sky look how blue it is. And he's like, what, the, what are you doing? Just yeah. <laughs> so you, know, you can swear during yeah. the podcast. Uh, and, uh, and I said, I just said, I said, it's so beautiful today. It's such a beautiful day, man. Yeah. I said, this, this just isn't the, this isn't the day I'm going to die. This isn't it. This is no. not the end. There's, there's no way this can be the end. But having said that, there was a moment, you know, for a split second, you know, I thought about my mom. And, um, you know, we're really close. You know, my mom's 87 years old now and I'm her little baby. as she always like yeah. to say, you know, I'm the youngest of three. You know, and I know you guys know about this stuff, <clears throat> but I thought about her and I just thought this will kill her. This will co- this will kill my mom. Yeah. And I just thought this can't be the end. This can't be no. I did I did tell Scott. I said, "Please please tell my mom I love her." Yeah. You know, please tell her I love her. But once I, I got through that that quick thought I said okay now fight come on man yeah. we're gonna make it we're gonna get there and we're gonna do it and then and then I you know we were on, on to the hospital.
1: Uh, I want to ask a follow up, but just for Todd and Dave, mm-hmm. so it always comes back to mom, right? No matter what we do as dads, it always <laughs> yeah, comes right. back to mom. Right. It's okay when you f- you figure it out early as a dad, you're like, yeah. hey, a lot of good people won the silver medal. You're fine. <laughs> the crazy thing, Kyle. And, and look, we're in, we're in an information business, but what bothered me at the time and what bothered me at the time was it felt like people were just throwing things out and throwing things out. I could tell you exactly where I was. I was at Aztec park in La Mesa with my sons. When this story started coming out on social media Mm -hmm. and for people that don't know, we had worked together in 2002 There was a union dispute. Kyle was on one side. We were on the other. It drug out. Our audience was rough on Kyle. I really don't want to get into this because I'm so fired up on this story (laughs) because I will tell you what happened that day. This is what happened. And as I'm sitting there and I'm looking at this and thinking about um, all the different people that we know in media and how you walk out having done talk radio for 20 years and you walk out and in every radio studio outside of KFMB, it's an open lot. Mm-hmm. And there are people that watch TV and listen to the radio that are not of sane mind. Mm-hmm. And there are plenty of yeah. times when you walk out and you don't where you go, God dang, man, if it's something's going to happen, eventually it just is. And on that day that it happened to you, as I've said, David, I've been fucked over 20 more times in radio a lot worse than anything had ever happened at KFMB, but like there are people when that happened, and I'm looking at this and I'm thinking about Todd and I'm thinking about all the people at KFMB and thinking about you and people are, like putting jokes on social media. Yeah, they're putting jokes. they like, "Hey, where are Dave and Jeff?" and and I'm like, I'm like, dude, like this guy." Yeah, I'm like, just, "Fuck you." Look at John Howard. Yeah. He he's up to game. But I'm just kidding. So, but the one thing that happened was. Because of the KFMB stuff, Dave and I said, there's no way we can cover this story. And and what we said was, you know what? Out of respect to Kyle and his family and his friends, let's not cover this story. Yeah, exactly. So we went on the air the next day at 1360, and we said, you know what? Um, yeah, we're on opposing sides of a business dispute. Nobody wants to see no. a good dude get shot. Kyle's a good dude. Mm-hmm. And we said out of respect to him, His friends and his family, that's all we're going to say. We wish him a speedy recovery, Mm -hmm. and we're not going to get into it. But for you, I just remember when you came up, we saw you at the All-Star Game, at the Home Run Derby. Yeah, And I tell you, man, this was one of the coolest things that's ever happened. And you came up and you said, hey, you got a minute? I was like, holy fuck, you're walking. Like (laughs) I could not have given a shit. I'm like, yeah. And you just said, Hey man, I appreciate the way you handled it and I hope bygones can be bygones. I was like, dude, they're done. Tell me the story. And it was a great two days for me, man, to hang out with you on the Western Metal Building. Yep. During the the home run derby. Right. Home run derby. And I think We saw
0: you on the field also, but yeah. Remember, Jeff and I both were, number one, we were very happy to see you. Yeah. yeah. Because we knew it was a miracle that you were there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Two is you, you were still very thin. You were, oh you my were God. very weak. I lost
2: 18 pounds.
0: And you looked like you were doing everything you could uh, to get your strength back even then. The yeah. fact that you yeah. even showed up to that event or working again was absolutely amazing. But the, the idea that all three of us were together, it meant a lot to us. Maybe it meant more to us than even to you because I know you probably went to a lot of people that – you were just happy to see that you were yeah. alive, but right. for us to see you, it, it meant the world to us.
2: No, it, it, it really did mean a lot to me. And I told Todd this, you can ask him off, uh, off mic. Um, I told him about when we hung out and it, it meant a lot to me because, uh, you know what happened back at KFNB? I, it, it upset me, you know, it, yeah. it, it hurt me personally because I really liked you guys a lot and I always did. And that never changed. And, you know, um, like you said, we were on two different sides of a, a business thing and that's never fun for anybody. No. Because you know, one side always seems to win, right? Whether it be an election or whatever, and it's one side and then one side's disappointed. And um I I did feel a lot of the vitriol that came out after that, you know, from from you guys. You know, well, frankly, we didn't want you shocked. And uh, no. right, of course. <laughs> you know that. Don't worry, you guys were not investigating <laughs> for <laughs> no. it. Yeah. But um but you know, from obviously listen, we understand in this business we have we have our loyal listeners right yeah. and oh, viewers yeah. we have they're very very loyal to <laughs> us and we have we have the opposite too and your very loyal you know listeners took that personally and it, you know came my way and it it's always hurtful when that happens yeah. it just is so the fact that we were able to get together and that you guys were receiving me with open arms oh my God, at yeah. that at that time and in that moment and i was at a very vulnerable place in my yeah. life just head kind of still spinning, you know, as you mentioned, Dave, just trying to put the weight back on and try to be physically okay again. Um, just being able to hang out and watch some baseball, you know? Yeah. yeah. You know, we always see these stories. Baseball just heals <laughs> everything, man. And that was just a fun, fun night. And that was a really rough couple of days for me because I, I don't know if you guys realized it, but the trial was going on. There. Oh, yes. That was the trial. and. It really sucked. I was so looking forward to the all-star game in San Diego. I, I look, I love baseball. Yeah. Okay. I grew up playing baseball. I love the sport. And I was so excited about an all-star game. I couldn't wait. I couldn't wait for the all-star game in San Diego. And as it got closer and closer, you know, we were waiting, you know, the way trials go, you know, they get put off, put off, put off. This one got postponed three or four or five times. Wow. And wouldn't you know it. The one time it didn't get postponed was then when they decided that it was going to be on what was it, July twelfth mm. of twenty sixteen. Yeah, I think that was the yeah, All Star game, correct. right? Yeah. And I'm like, Are you, can we can not postpone it one more time? Right. And they said, nope, that's the day you're going to testify that day. So that morning, I went in and I testified. I was sitting in that chair. I, I can't remember how long it was—six hours or something. It day was of the was home insane. run derby? The day of the actual All Star. Okay, game. the next day. The next uh. day. so I when I went to the game
3: yeah
2: I was there I think I watched the whole game with my eyes Uh not one thing of that game registered in my brain damn if you ask me anything about that game I swear to god I don't even know who won the game I don't know what the score was in that game I don't know anything that happened in that game so you know what's my greatest memory of all-star week was the home render. That's nice. awesome. And, that's I cool. hung, and I hung out with you guys. Yeah, that's it was awesome. great. So that's cool.
0: You know, and there, there's, a, there's a bigger, uh, obviously, there, there's an ending to the story, which is outstanding, that we obviously want to touch on. I, I do want to get into a little bit uh, of of your recovery okay, the, and, sure. and the process of how you woke up because yeah. you you're out for quite a long time. Yeah, and there was not wasn't just a San Diego story, which was huge, and the respect from the other TV stations in yeah. this in this city yeah. to you. I, obviously, everyone's competing. You know, everyone mm-hmm. wants to beat Channel Eight and everything else. But there was uh, it was a number one story on every station, and it, and it was a not huge only sto- in San Diego. That, exactly, I mean,
2: you know that was one of the scary parts. Not to go on a tangent, but you know when this all went down. I had purchased my, my, my mom and dad were very like I said we're very close and I have a sling box you guys yeah. familiar yeah, with that of so I did that because my mom and dad always missed watching me on TV so I got a sling box so they could watch Channel 8 oh, in Massachusetts man. yeah so when this all went down and my sister again was the first to find out well guess what my folks were getting ready to watch the 5 o'clock news on February 10th wow. 2015 and they would have had a heart attack Yeah, they watch. So my sister was like, "Oh, told my brother who was closer, drive to the house, make sure they do not watch the five o'clock news." And not only there, my sister jumped on a plane in New Jersey and started flying. She said she was on the plane and on the TV on the plane. It was on every every broadcast. Everyone on the plane yeah. was talking about it. So, yeah. it was, you know, and, you know, my family was being called from the Today Show, from Good Morning America, from everybody. Yes. So, it, sorry to go on a tangent. No, but this yeah, is it exactly was, where I wanted to it go. It was a national story, but obviously very much focused here in San Diego.
0: And you know what? At the same time, you know, not only was it a news story, but think about it. The people that are reporting the story, not just in yeah, San yeah, Diego, yeah. but as you mentioned, Good Morning America, right. Today Show, whatever. Yeah. It has gone through every single one of their minds. This could happen to me. Sure. Every single person yeah. reporting on your story have had lived that fear, thinking in their mind, what is the really the downside of being a public
2: figure? But he's
1: not, yeah. he wasn't a viewer, Kyle. That was the thing, at least to the best of my knowledge. He had done some work at your house, correct?
2: Yeah. I I, did, I, I, Just to let you guys full disclosure, that's the one thing I don't really I don't, like talking about. It's very uncomfortable for me. But yeah, sure. he was someone that had done some work for me, a painter. And, um, you know, this was months and months later. This was way after the fact, Damn. but apparently had gotten down I, on his luck or whatever. And apparently, you know, I was one of a few people on his hit list. Yeah. and But I was the most public of those. So
1: Just so we're clear, that it wasn't yeah. a viewer no, or no, a no, listener no. or anything no, no, else.
2: No, no, no. It, it wasn't but, some angry viewer saying, you know, right. they're mad that I said something bad about <laughs> right. Philip Rivers. Yeah. yeah. Nothing like no, that. No, just,
1: you told me an amazing story when we were chatting on the field before the Home Run Derby. Mm-hmm. And it was a conversation, I believe, either with a, a family member. You didn't realize how long you had been out when you oh, came back oh, up
2: I told you that story. yeah it was great yeah okay well yeah I um when when I was shot it was February 10th okay so I went into surgery and then um I was in a coma um but I didn't know that <laughs> when when I was awake and, and finally started becoming alert because for the first day or two that I woke up I was delirious and actually hype um I was hallucinating oh wow. like, literally hallucinating Crazy story. I I had this amazing nurse that was on duty at the time. You know they sometimes they're on for 12, 18 hours at a time. And this one male nurse, his name was Vartan, coolest dude in the world. And when I was hallucinating, I thought it was raining in the room. And I was I was getting really upset because by my the sheets of my bed were soaking wet with the rain that was coming down in the in the room. So I said, Vartan, it's raining. It's raining. Can't you do something about this? Can we stop the rain? And he was like, you know, Kyle's not raining. And I'm like, it's raining. I'm soaking. I'm soaking. Please help. He changed all the linens on my bed. <laughs> How cool is Just that? to appease me, you know, just to, yeah. you know, to, to, so it would be better. But just crazy stuff like that was happening. But when I was well enough and I was a little bit more coherent and, and normal, my family was in to see with me, see me and my girlfriend was in the room and she handed me a card with a red envelope and i was confused you know and i took the the card from her and I, I opened it up and it was a valentine's day card and i and i i said i said wow that's beautiful i said but why did you decide to give it to me now and she said well what do you mean i said well why didn't you wait until valentine's day <laughs> and she and my whole family that was when they they realized it. they didn't know they all looked at me like do you have any idea what what the date is today and i'm like well uh, I, I would think I was remember being shot on a Tuesday. It was, uh, what's this Thursday? Isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's like the fourteenth or I uh, started the twelfth, and they said um, no. And I said, "Well, well, Valentine's Day is Saturday," mm-hmm. and they said, "No, Kyle, Valentine's Day was last Saturday." Wow. And I was just I f- like Dead. freaked me out. I was one of those, you know, Twilight Zone moments. Like, Do 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 do. Like what? What's going on here? And they said, Kyle, you've been, you were in a coma for about six days. So I was like, oh my god. So yeah, that was freaky.
1: Yeah. Uh, when you. When you go through, the, the thing is, Kyle, and, and this is what I admire, is you go on TV, you're natural, you're confident, you're there with your friends, right? But I can't imagine, at that time, maybe it still goes on, the battle, the uh, PTSD, there had to be some kind of... Mm-hmm. Was there any kind of PTSD to get through it? And what was the challenging moment? And do you still deal with them ever?
2: I remember going home from the hospital the first couple of days and um, sleeping in my bed again, which was fantastic. But um, I remember being afraid to go to sleep. Mm. I was afraid to, to, to go to sleep because I was afraid of what kind of nightmares I was going to have. Mm. And I was really amazed that when I did fall asleep, I woke up and I, I didn't have nightmares. I, it was, everything was very positive. And I think what helped me is right from the very, very beginning, I was so thankful to what everyone had done. And I knew the things that people had done for me. And I just kept focusing on that. And I just kept saying, I'm getting better. I'm getting stronger. And and this is absolutely true. And again, Todd is my witness. I We had a message board set up on cbs yeah. And I would get on the computer and I would start reading the messages. And there were thousands and thousands of messages from people from not only San Diego, but everywhere. People I, in my life, back when I was in kindergarten, Just the messages of hope and, you know, we're cheering for you. We're rooting Mm -hmm. you on. And and I just kept thinking, I'm going to get better. And I just got on this mission of kind of like when I was shot, I didn't think about, oh my God, I'm going to die here. I'm thinking, no, I need to crawl over there and I need to survive. And I just got into this mode of I'm going to get better. I'm going to get through this. I'm going to be all right. And I think the most important thing is I never asked why this happened to me. And that was the most important thing. I never... Why me? Yeah. Never, and I and, and when I did go back to Channel 8 to visit with everyone when I was well enough, I wasn't back on the air yet, but with the whole group, I said to everyone, you know, I said, I know you've all been praying for me and, and, and really rooting for me. I said, but please don't ever ask why this happened to you. or And don't yeah. ask me that. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, why you, man? Why? Well, it's too bad. No. Hey, you know what? Bad, bad shit happens to people all the time. Yeah. And some of them recover from it. Some of them don't. But, you know... Bad things happen, and I I just focused on getting better.
1: We are incredibly lucky to have worked in radio, worked in TV, Mm -hmm. because we get the benefit of what a lot of people don't get. Kyle and I was sharing with you before we went on what happened last year, and I remember being in this garage the first time I dropped my kids off, and I was devastated, broken man. I said, I'm done, because my sons don't cry, and as I pulled away, my son, Cade, bent at the waist so I could see him crying, and I was oh, done. God. But I told that story, and I came the next day, and like I told you, there were like 60 messages in my inbox.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And I, I, I have a lot of people that check in, and they're like, you good? And I say, yeah, but check on three people that don't have what yeah. I'm lucky yeah. enough to have. Yeah,
2: you have the audience, which is amazing. Right,
1: and isn't that, I'll, I'll share with you, and I, I've said this to a lot of people, and you are a prime example of it. I, I share this story a lot, and I shared it with a friend over the weekend. Years ago, I used to work with USA Boxing, and I loved it. I mm-hmm. oh, Judge fights. I was at a little gym in National City. We're getting ready to go, and I'm walking around, and I always say it's about the size of that little box under Dave's Alabama flag. Little sign on the wall. And I was like, you know, catches my eye, go looking. it said, champions stand up when others stay
2: down. Oh, exactly right. And it's exactly, man, no. like when it's you hear It's one of my it. favorite sayings. Yeah. Yeah. A champion is someone who gets up even when he can't. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. one of my favorite sayings. And
1: it's like, dude, it's living proof. What you have coming up on the 14th is awesome. Yeah. And, and I want to circle back to that <laughs> because you were here. We all were part of the Chargers thing. We all saw it happen. Yeah. But one of the ones that were most impacted, a lot of people were, but the blood bank. Yeah. And so to be able, isn't it amazing how this comes full circle? Yeah. yeah. And let people know, like you were
2: saying, how well this event's being received, but we want people to still sign up, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you, you know, what what partially inspired this. Um, Shortly after I did go home, I was well enough to get back home with my family. Uh, I was still you know, in bad shape. I still had staples in my, yeah. you know, I've, I mean, I've got scars that go from the top of my chest all the way you know, down to my, my belly button. Um, and I had tubes coming out of me, the tubes that were draining fluids from my liver still that had to be emptied all the time. I mean, I was still kind of a wreck. But I'm home and all I could think about was that I needed to go back to Scripps Memorial to see the doctors and nurses. Because one thing people don't realize, I was brought to to Scripps because that's how the trauma system works in San Diego. So because Mm -hmm. of the area I was in, Scripps Ranch, they took me to Scripps Memorial in La Jolla because that was the fastest route and those are the doctors I saw. But that's not my insurance. (laughs) And it's weird how insurance companies are, okay? I was barely out of a coma. I mean, I literally had just woken from a coma. And from what I understand is, you know, my insurance company was calling Scripps saying, we want him back. We need him in our hospital because they don't want to be paying another hospital yeah, right. to do the job that they can be doing. And my doctor was very protective, and he's like, he can't be transported. He literally woke up from a coma yesterday. He's yeah. been here for seven days. Give it a rest. They said, we want him now. Get him back. So I was basically in a coma. I, from that moment I, I described to you earlier where Dr. Nasrallah and I locked eyes mm-hmm. and we had that brief little conversation, I never saw him again. Next, When I became alert after the hallucinating and all that, I was in a Kaiser ICU room. Wow. And one funny sidebar is all of the media didn't know this. They, they transported me in the middle of the night in an ambulance so that no one would see it happen. Yeah. So all the media, when yeah. you're watching live shots on TV, yeah. they're all camped out in front of Scripps was uh, there Memorial. Some,
1: was there some TMZ
2: moments for you, even
1: locally, where people trying to get
2: oh, shot? Oh, absolutely. Wow. Oh, my God. Damn. They, they, had, they had a secret. I was under a secret name. There was a secret password to get it to see me. And only four people were able to get in to see me Four total. They wouldn't allow yeah. any, any other. So Todd was one of them. I mean, yeah. just him and a couple of close family members, but it was funny. Again, funny after sure. the fact to see all these reporters camped out in front of scriptural world at yeah. <laughs> the live trucks, <laughs> we're live here with Kyle Kraske is behind us inside of the ICU. And <laughs> no, he wasn't. Yeah. He's over at Kaiser. I wasn't even there where they wow. thought I was. So, um, so yeah, so I, you know, I woke up over there and then I ended up going home, but I had not seen Dr. Nasrallah and nurse Tony and all those people mm-hmm. that, saved my life yeah you know it literally saved my life i remember like waking up in kaiser and there's a doctor there and i'm still delirious and i'm like doc thank you for saving my life he goes no 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 it was nothing i go no it was the everything he goes no it literally was nothing like we <laughs> we weren't the guys it, was, it wasn't us yeah. i'm hugging him, <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. him. <laughs> thank you, you saved yeah. my life you're you know. yeah he's like it wasn't me <laughs> so um so when i got home i it was very very important to me to go back yeah. to go back to Scripps, and I kept telling my family, and they're like, Kyle, relax. Will you just chill out? You yeah. know, get better. No, no, it, today, today. So literally 10 days after I was shot, I made them drive me over there. Wow. And we, we got there, and listen, I, I, I wasn't moving quickly, and I was skinny as hell, but I could walk. Mm-hmm. And I walked in there, and there were a group of nurses and doctors, some of them I had met and some not, and they were waiting for me, and I walked in, and the looks on their faces they thought i was going to get wheeled in yeah yeah and i walked in the door 10 days after they had put me back together and they started crying and i met dr nazarala again you know for the second time and we just hugged and it was an amazing magical moment that we we and it was incredible to me because so many of them said to me they said you know it's really cool that you came back because you know no one ever does and i'm like what do you mean they said well mm. you know people come in we fix them up they move on to icu then to a regular hospital bed and then out hopefully if they're that okay that room where it rains inside exactly <laughs> yeah. that raining room the rain Man room <laughs> and they and they move on and um you know they go to physical therapy occupational yeah. therapy and they don't even remember we were here we're yeah. you know we're the first people they see we patch them up get them so, no, we never see the finished product. They said, because you are on TV, you're the, you know, we, mm-hmm. we have seen you and we're mm-hmm. delighted. But, you know, to have you come here and to thank us personally, this is a cool moment for us. That's this doesn't great. happen. Awesome. And that's when the light bulb went on. Yeah. That, wait a minute, these people don't get the recognition that they deserve. They need mm-hmm. to be thanked. Yes. So that's was the the beginning of I want to honor these doctors, nurses, first responders, all these people that not only saved my life, but to, who save lives every single day in our community and don't really get recognized. So the idea, let's have a blood drive in their honor, celebrate them, invite the entire community. Remember, you mentioned the Chargers blood drive, and that, right. was, that was great, and it was super effective, one of the biggest blood drives in the country. And you'd go down there and meet a Charger player, mm-hmm. and you know, they'd, get an autograph signed and all that, and you give blood. And it was amazing here i want the these people to be the heroes the the, the celebrities you know what i mean yeah. come on down and hug a doctor a nurse yeah. a police officer right, a man. fireman say thank you i'm having school kids throughout the area write cards and, and nice. posters thank you pictures of of nurses and doctors to really thank them and honor them and and, and get a whole lot of blood for our community you
0: know one thing you mentioned the, the first responders this was something that was surprising to me we know all know doctors make a good living nurses make a good living A lot of people don't realize EMTs make very, I guess, very close to minimum wage. EMTs do not make a lot of money. Mm -hmm. And when you mention them that, hey, these were the first people that saved your life. And obviously a lot of EMTs, it's one of the first steps to trying to become a fireman. Sure, But it's uh, really a a job that's pretty amazing that if you didn't have people that went through that procedure and that class as far as this is how we're going to save you so you could breathe again. You would have never made it into but that hospital. Yeah.
2: And you think about it, a lot of them are on call, so they're doing something right. else. They get a call, you know, and they got to, you know, hustle in and get to an ambulance and then get in the ambulance and get it on its way and show up on the scene, don't know anything about what's going yeah. on. They prep that person, get him in the back of a car and they're on their way. And for these guys to do all that so quickly and then save my life on the way, you know, I want them to be there and they will be and, and be honored and you know, I think you know. A lot of them told me this is going to do such great things for morale. It just, it just gives them an extra. Listen, these people are wired differently yeah. than we are. Okay, yes. yeah. they go to work every day and they're they're saving lives. Okay, yeah. they're stitching people up and they're, you know, they're fixing things. I mean, it's incredible what they do. Um, and they don't need the recognition, but they deserve the recognition. Yeah. And that's what this day is going to be all about. It's going to be a, a big party, man. You know, we're going to be at Dave & Buster's in Mission Valley, who, by the way, have, they've donated the space Incredible. to us. Okay? Incredible. Okay? And they've said that anyone that comes in for the drive, they just eat, will give 10% of the bill to the American Red Cross. Fantastic. So how cool is that? Right. So for, the, as you said, like the way our community rallies and all the different outlets, and you guys having me yeah. on to talk about it tonight, to, to bring awareness to this. In all of the media, kind of putting down the the shields, you know, yeah. and saying, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna band together on this thing." And I, I've reached out to every sports team, the Gulls and the Soccer. Landon Donovan's gonna be there, and I'm not trying to turn this into the Chargers blood drive, where it's a bunch of athletes and let's come down and you know and get autographs. But I, I do want this to be a celebration of our community, and I, I think that includes everyone: the fire chief, the police chief, the mayor. I want this to really turn into something that is special, and it's done in the right way. And and I, I say this many times. I wanna make this very clear. This is not about me. True. I am simply the conduit. I happen to have a story and I'm uniquely qualified to talk about the need for blood because I needed 14 units and I would be dead without it. So I'm the conduit to bringing the community together and it's the heroes, the first responders and the medical personnel, it's all about them. This is their day and I think it's gonna be an amazing beginning to hopefully many, many years of blood drives like this,
1: I love it. My kids spent ten weeks in the NICU, Kyle, and and they're all under that same umbrella, man. They these NICU doctors and yeah. nurses that save my sons and save kids. And like you said, Kyle, they don't do it for notoriety. They don't do it for yeah. attention. They don't get Super Bowl credentials. <laughs> they just go right. in every day and crank it out. From your perspective, what was the biggest change overall for you as a guy? What what do you I don't know if I want to say, what do you appreciate, but your perspective Mm -hmm. looking back over the last four years now, what's, what's been the biggest change for you?
2: Um, you know, I feel like I've always had a a positive attitude about life. I Mm -hmm. really have. Um, I think anyone that knows me will, will say that. And I've always really enjoyed and loved life, but, Um, I think it is just realizing other people and and their importance and the gratitude I have for all of these people. Um, I swear every single day I wake up, I open my eyes and the first things I think about is first I'm thinking, you know, and I'm, I'm not a really religious guy, but I, I, I do think, you know, God, you know, um, why you kept me around, I don't know, but I know if you did have a purpose for me, I hope I find it. And maybe this is part of it. Maybe this is part of that purpose. But then I think about all the people. I think about all of those individuals and, and people that do this every day, and I realize how amazing these people are and how they live amongst us. And I, I like to call them those, you know, uh, you know, ordinary heroes. You know, that that song by the Foo Fighters. Yeah. You know, there goes yeah. my hero. He's, yeah. Ordinary. Yeah. He's ordinary. Yeah. And I think about that a lot. I mean, I when every time I hear that song, I think about that. Like we have heroes that live amongst us, and you know, they don't have a cape and they're not leaping over buildings, but they're saving lives in our community. They, they do things for us. And I'm so thankful for, for them. And I also, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm much more emotional now. Like, yeah. you know, you've, you guys have probably noticed I tell parts of these stories and I have to pause a little bit, and get a little choked up, but I, I make sure everyone in my life knows that I love them. You know, And I'm not, I'm, not, yeah. I'm not bashful to say that and I don't feel bad saying that. I mean, like we talk about Todd, you know, Todd's one of my best friends, he's my brother. Yeah. I mean, we're not like brothers we're brothers we just are and you know whenever you know it's a birthday or whatever you say hey man i love you man you have, you know, i'm so happy to have you in my life yeah and i like telling people that you know i talk to my doctor who we've become obviously very good friends dr Nasrallah. we're very yeah. we're very tight now and i tell him when i when i hang up the phone i say, hey bro i love you man i love you and he said i love you too bro you know and i, I think it's something maybe you know guys sometimes aren't as comfortable saying things like that to to people but I, I just appreciate the people in my life. And, and to go back to your example of earlier when, you know, you and, you know, you guys and, and myself, we had a, a little falling out there. But after all this happened, I realized, you know what? there's just no reason to hold grudges about anything. Right. There's nothing we can't right. just get past. You know, things happen in life and there's disagreements. And, you know, for whatever reason, those things happen. At the end of the day, we're human beings, right? We're getting up in the morning. Yeah, we have our, our breakfast. Yeah. We're going to work. Yeah, we we have a lot of things that go on. You guys, you know, Dave, Jeff, you've both had a, have had a lot of, you know, terrible shit happen in your life the last couple of years. And my sincere condolences. Whenever Todd and I talked about those things, it just broke my heart to hear about some of the things and. You know, we're all human beings and we all, we all have something that we're dealing with and it may not be obvious. And you may see the guy on the TV or on the radio and you think, oh man, he's got it made. His life's perfect. And the the honest thing is that our lives aren't perfect and we're we're just getting through them. So put the swords down. And, and, you know, let's hug it out and, yeah. and, let's, <laughs> and, and let's move it's funny. on. It's really, right. yeah,
0: it's interesting you say that because I can't tell you how many friends over the last few months since my son passed, yeah. people in every conversation with, I love you, and everybody hugs. And now yeah. my yeah. wife and I will be the first ones to say, hey, if you see us, there's nothing better than a good hug. So yeah. it's yeah. uh exactly right. Something that, that you look on I think, as a guy, especially the way a lot of us were raised, it's just something you just don't say very often unless mm-hmm. it's an immediate family member. Yeah. But when people on the phone with it, that care about you, and in every conversation with, "I love you," man, it goes a long way.
3: Yeah, yeah,
1: we're we're, uh, we're glad you're here. Man. Absolutely. Like <laughs> <Yeah>. I said, <laughs> I, both I got, cases. I got yeah. a I got a huge yeah. A couple of weeks ago, when when Lobo reached out, and he said, uh, "Hey, Kyle's got this blood drive." We're like, "Yes, get him in." <laughs> yeah, and you know, one other one too. Dave mentions it. We lost Dave's father. Yeah, we lost Dave's son. We also lost CS Keys, yeah, who was man. a very close friend. Yeah. And I say to my sons every day, I go, there are no guarantees. There are no promises of tomorrow. So, yeah, when you every conversation with my son ends with, I love you. I love you too, Dad. Yeah. The other day, man, we're at a USC game, and they're 11, and they're growing. Todd, you get it. Dave, you get it. They're growing like a, you know, they don't dress up as Iron Man anymore, right? It's all <laughs> NBA. And I look down, and my son has his arm interlocked around my arm, and for a minute— he was still my little boy, and I'm like That's trying cool. to take a picture of the whole thing. Never be ashamed of that. I no. think it's a fantastic thing. Uh, it's February the 14th at Dave and Buster's in Mission Valley, and I, I sincerely mean it. I was severely concerned. Dave was concerned about you that day, mm-hmm. from that day, to see you at the All-Star Game and to have you, for everybody who wanted a piece of you that day, and a lot of people did, for you to seek us out meant more than you'll ever know to us. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't be more sincere when I tell you, there's nothing about in the past that matters. What matters is today. I live my life, Kyle, with no rear view mirrors, brother. You are welcome here each and every day. It's a pleasure, man. Stay healthy. And I can't believe you didn't say shit about that Patriot wig. <laughs> <laughs> are you torturing? Hang on. I can't let you go. Are you? Just, just tell me you're torturing. <laughs> who is the nicest guy with the most idiotic Laker trade proposals to get Anthony. Right, De- I right, just told him take right. your Twitter account down. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Carlo, Carlo is, <laughs> he, is passionate. An idiot. he is passionate beyond it. He looks yeah. so sad. A yeah. broken man sitting in the newsroom. Yeah. Yesterday. I liked, I liked how I saw that you liked my tweet in the morning where I said, you're going down, <laughs> <Chichetto>. <laughs> you're going down. Well, See now, I tried to make a bet with him. I tried to make a bet. I said, listen, let's have just a fun wager. We yeah. can do something on TV. I said, what do you say the loser um, has to do as many push-ups as the the total score of the game? Oh, there you go. Let's do it. Let's have some fun. And because I didn't think he could do, you know, fifty or sixty pushups, <laughs> so um, he wouldn't do it. He wouldn't. He wouldn't give me the bet. Um, and then, of course, the you know total yeah. score ends up yeah. being sixteen. He could <laughs> handle that. Yes. So unfortunately, we didn't have a bet on the game. But uh, how about that picture was, of him
1: yesterday in the newsroom, just yeah, sitting there, yeah, just sitting like there, like the loneliest Rams fan. It looked fan. very sad. It was and pathetic. When you're,
2: when you're waiting for your team, your team's not been in the Super Bowl in forever, right? And then yeah. all of a sudden, you're just waiting for that one score that yeah. you can jump yes. off the couch and celebrate that <laughs> touchdown, <laughs> you know? And unfortunately, the only touchdown the Rams have had lately was when their plane landed in L.A. that was morning. great you know did,
0: did you see the Raiders right away Mark Davis says just a reminder as soon as the game Said was to over Sam Farmer yeah to Sam Farmer that the Los Angeles Raiders are the only team to win a Super Bowl in L.A. just want to remind everybody oh, oh, man.
2: <laughs> Kyle oh, you're God. the greatest well, but, thanks, hey thanks is this going to be an annual thing oh absolutely Good. I, great. I, I met with the Red Cross today and they're ecstatic about the response and again, I want to thank everybody out there listening the community has come We we have booked the day solid. Machado
1: or Harper are both going to be there.
2: <laughs> Neither ah! At least not as Padres um, yeah. But but they we've booked the whole day But that means Listen Even if you can't give blood You can come down and Have lunch Right You can again 10% of the bill Will go to the American Red Cross But just come help us party man Come Fantastic. help us celebrate Come right. Just come Hang out. We're going to have a fire truck there We're going to yeah. Police squad cars there We're going to have All these first responders Come on down Thank them Thank them for what they do And be a part of the day And this will be the beginning Of a much bigger drive Next, next year I hope that we're renting out uh, SDCCU. And what time? That's Tell awesome. people one more time. All day, 8 a.m. to uh, 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. Oh, oh wow! 8 a.m. to Fantastic. Some, all day long. Just stop by, swing by, say hello, have some fun. By the way, I've got a lot of information on my Facebook page, okay. uh, which is Kyle Kraska, CBS8. It's the you know my my channel eight page. Um, even if you can't be there that day and you still want to give, there's a, I've got a link on there. It's called a sleeves up campaign. You click on the link, you pledge your 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 donation to our drive, and then you can give anywhere. You can yeah. give any, you can give in, you can give anywhere in the country oh, if you fantastic. want. You can be, I've got friends that are donating in Massachusetts, New York, Florida, you know, and they've just pledged their donation to our drive, and then they're going to go give any in the next week.
1: Well, it's a great thing about this podcast: people listen all over the world, yeah, and do it, and go out and do it. Find that local. I mean, the the blood mobiles every Oh, yeah. It
2: takes you two minutes. Yeah. You literally, like I said, the link's on my Facebook page. Click on that. It immediately takes you. It says, oh, yep, I'm pledging to this drive. And then it says, give us your zip code. We'll find a drive near you. He Perfect. is
1: a living walking example, 14 <laughs> units. Crazy. Keep him up and walking. Uh, appreciate you. We
2: love you, guys You guys are awesome. We love you guys, Absolutely. too. And th- thank you. Seriously, I'm, I'm so glad to be here with you, too. Yeah. I'm so glad for that All-Star game. That was my shining moment of that week, my favorite day. I'm so glad we get the chance to talk about that. And you guys are awesome. So so thank you for being open-minded about this. We've all been through a lot of crap and I'm so glad that we're friends.
1: Now, are you going to take this show from us, too? <laughs> oh, oh,
3: yeah. What the hell just
1: happened there?
2: Oh, I, told, ouch. I, ouch.
1: I, I, I set it up. I told Dave, I, go, I got to get him. You know I'm fucking with you. It's, it's great awesome. to see it's, you, man. It's, it's, All right, man. You're the Good best. Look it. at Dave. Dave.
2: Oh, Dave's like, yes, he did it. <laughs> it was such a nice moment. That's Ram why Ramp Jeff back. will never get oh. a job for Hallmark. <laughs> we'll cut
1: that out in the
3: editing room. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're the best, there brother. Thank right.
0: All right, so we said goodbye to Kyle. We're going to uh, wrap up the show. Actually, just so you know, we're doing the show, uh, obviously, on a Monday night. Kyle's hosting the news in about yeah. an hour and a half It is to be on. So it was great to have him here, and obviously just a miracle that he's alive.
1: You know what was cool, too, was anybody who knows this show knows there's a lot of history between us and him from the KFMB and the Union deal and the whole thing. I just I say to my kids every day, Dave, there are a million people that would change places with you to have your problems, the whole thing. And I really tonight felt like it wanted to be about the blood drive and his story. I just I didn't feel like crying the blues about the union and anything else because people are like, oh, shut up. Right. It's been yeah. 17 years. But. What was cool was when the mics went off to just kind of have the chance to go, hey, here's where I was coming from. Here's where you're coming from. And you just go, fuck, man. Everybody's cool. And that's the thing. And, and you know, what I said to Kyle off the air was on the day that he got shot, there was a lot of shit said on social media about him. And I said, I never wanted you to be shot. Of course d- not. D- Dave never wanted you to be shot. But when jokes are being made, I said, there's a part of you, as I'm sitting at Aztec Park in La Mesa watching my kids run around and everything's good, I go, there's a part where you go, God damn, man, did I, did I light that match? Did we light that match to, to get people? And, and I said to him tonight, he was talking about other people who had ripped him around town. He'd go golfing and, and people would say, hey, you know, I met this person. They said, you're a real asshole. And I said, Kyle, I did that shit too. Yeah, like I can't sit here and act like I didn't do it, but uh, I'm just uh, a i am just hey, I think what he's doing next week is great. And I, I said to him, uh, yeah, if I had things to do different again in 2002, I definitely would have done it different than I did it. Yeah, I, I would have signed that fucking petition. I definitely would have.
0: I'm not going to say my feelings would just changed. I'll be honest with you. Not as far as signing the petition. My anger, I thought, was 100% justified at the time. I mean, oh, I'll, I'm not saying. Yeah.
1: No, I'm saying my anger and everything else was the same. But in hindsight, concerning how little our union did to protect yeah. us after telling us for months that they were going to, they literally closed the door on us and did nothing. And my point is, in hindsight, yeah, I would have signed the petition because it surely wouldn't have made any difference.
0: No, I'll say this, and I don't want to, to, obviously, this is a topic that I think obviously you and I care most about, but I remember when the whole thing came up as far as signing the petition, not signing the petition, and just so people know, the union in San Diego sucked. It always did. The after, I told the after, after and sag that in San Diego, it sucked. The one in LA paid me great. I know uh, other people have not had the same issues I've had in LA, but in LA, I was doing sports updates, making $38 an hour yeah. for talking two minutes an hour doing jack shit. I wasn't doing anything. I couldn't believe what they were paying me, but the union went and said, Hey, this guy's been underpaid and they got me all this back pay. Um, but I remember my wife and I talked about it. you and I talked about it a lot. At the time you weren't married. I just had my my second son and, we just bought our first nice house, and and I was like, look, if I sign, everything stays the same for me, and, and I'm still doing a show with Jeff every day, but there are a lot of guys in that building that I'm afraid if they lose their jobs, I'm not going to look myself in the mirror. Right. And truth be told, it probably wasn't it wouldn't have been the difference of you and I getting people fired or not, but we wouldn't have known that. You know what I mean? We would have seen Hank go out the door, and Ted go out the door, and Frank Anthony and all these other guys, and thought, yeah. was that our fault? Not knowing that it probably really wasn't our fault, but I probably would have blamed myself for it for a long time.
1: Yeah, they made him, they made him the face of it.
0: Yeah, they sure did. And and
1: so yeah,
0: he cleared a lot of things, and, and we turned the mics off because he he was leaving. But he came here not only with the agenda of telling the story, which we asked him to, of this one. Yeah. But he also came here wanting to clear the air and make sure that all three of us were on the same page. He had something to say to us before he walked out of this garage that he wanted to let us know from every angle. This is what I saw at the time, and. Boom, boom, boom. I give them a lot of credit for coming yeah. down here. I mean, it's not easy to to sit there and step in here when you know two guys, number one, hated your guts 17 years ago, also turned their entire audience on you.
1: Up to, yeah, up to four years ago. Yeah. I mean, from 17, for 13 years, uh, we our audience really gave them the business Yeah, uh, and, and gave it to them. But when you hear it from his perspective and you go, yeah, that's the thing, but- but just kind of like I said, I, I said to him before I left, um, I said, you know, when he came up and he seeked us out at the All-Star Game at the Home Run Derby and just kind of we had a brief conversation. And he was just like, hey, man, goodbye. And I was like, yeah. Yeah. Because I said to him, you could have just as easily if I said, hey, you OK, you could have said, oh, really? <laughs> hey, man, I'm fine. This is not a conversation I want to have. And I go, you'd have been completely justified in doing it. So, yeah, look, the 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 main thing is the blood drive is coming up on the 14th. It's not about Dave. It's not about me. And Kyle said it throughout the night that it wasn't about him. But I know a lot of you know the history of the show. and And it would be really, Dave, it would be like if my ex-wife came down here. I don't feel like there's stuff that I need to talk about on the divorce. We talk about a lot. But that was an incredibly personal time for the three of us. And uh and and I am not gonna apologize that some of it had to be set off the air. Yeah. Yeah, you know, like there's just some stuff where you go, hey, but uh but I dig him. I appreciate him coming down here, like I said. He goes, Ah, oh, you guys have lost your edge, you're getting old. I go, Fuck no, bring up management at other radio <laughs> stations. We'll go all day long. But uh but yeah, man, it it was crazy and then I broke the Steve Garvey plate. Yeah, you did you broke the fucking Steve Garvey plate. I, I just admitted it. Yeah, well you admitted well, why it doesn't it bring here? it back.
0: It was perfect. It was set up right next to a Padre helmet. It could have
1: been right there by the lamp. <sighs> Nobody bumps it there.
0: You chipped it two weeks ago and then you broke it just now. I can't I, get over I'm it. I'm
1: looking down. Hang on.
0: The Padres will never win now.
1: <laughs> they will never win again. Look how Can you sad imagine this is. if
0: it is the thing that turns the turns the Tomorrow Machado table? and Harper yeah. sign? That is sad.
1: Because we broke the carf plate. Yep. I'm gonna take it and I'm gonna smash it in the driveway with a hammer. Look how sad that little S D is. It is very sad. I'm just gonna I want leave you to her- put that in your wallet. <laughs> Cut myself. <laughs> um before we get out of here, what's the craziest thing craziest part of that story for you? From the, Kyle.
0: I'll be honest with you. The part that stood out to me the most was his mother. When right. He, and and just because of what we've gone through, what our family's gone through. I mean, right. we're, we there are days for us that are so much worse than other days, and I can't explain why. I don't don't know why. I mean, it's you know, pain is pain, and you, you hear stories about people that lose a kid, and then when I'm sitting there and he took it from his mom's point of view, and, for example, my wife couldn't go to work today. You know, just couldn't do it. Just today was just a bad day. You know, yeah. I've had a lot of bad days the last two or three weeks. I can't explain why. But to sit there when he talked about his mom and when he said that and her little boy, I was like, dude, yeah, I know exactly what, what you were talking about, about how your mom, and and last thing you want is his mom to suffer.
1: Right. And and that's the thing where you look at, and I'm just hearing that story talk about everything that he's going through, and you're like, well, let's just put the e break and be like, so what was up with that? That's why. Yeah. It's like, dude, this is what really matters. Well, I thought Dave, when he was... Taught, I mean just amazing stuff when you're talking about, hey Kyle, I gotta I gotta jab this in your chest yeah. and the air coming out. And I don't know, man. I, I just crawling to the street, what is that feeling like? And just and I thought too, you know, we, we wanted to make it clear it wasn't a viewer, it wasn't a listener, but you respect the fact that he says, Look, man, that's just one guy I don't want to talk about. Yep. And I I can't even imagine. Yeah. But uh, just that feeling of being pinned in and the guy goes around the car and reloads and you're sitting there and you hear these stories from people in high schools or bars. My God, there's so many public shootings now. It feels like more often than not, there's an updated story from a survivor who the person was standing right above them. And for whatever reason, it wasn't their time. I just I I just sat here and, and listened to that story and it was incredible. But was. now is the Chargers are are moving away and there's an opportunity for a blood drive. Uh, kudos to Kyle and to Channel 8, Dave and Busters and Mission Valley for for making it happen. So really really cool thing they're doing and the idea that they reached out Kyle and Todd reached out to me and said, "Hey man, we'd like to come in." That personally, I know for you as well. That meant a lot to us. Absolutely. And no, it uh, was it was a good night. And uh, we hope we uh we hope you see everybody. It runs from 8 to 6. I have to be at uh, upper deck that day, but I'm going to try to figure out a way to get down there. And uh because yeah, I mean, what, a, what an amazing day. Go out there and be a part of
0: it. Absolutely. I, w- I want to mention the guys obviously help this show go, but I uh, will let you know if you hang on. I want to tell you something about uh, about Anthony Davis and the and the Lakers, all right? Want to <laughs> mention of course Alan Taylor, Taylor Maypools, all really good guys that help this show keep going and and again we're heading into our third year now of doing the show. Alan Taylor, 20 years in San Diego. Again, the pool that you want is right there, just a phone call away. You got to talk to Alan Taylor and say, look, I need to have this thing done because when it does get warm, I want somewhere for my family to enjoy their evenings, their afternoons, for the kids all to come to our house. Taylor May Pools is doing great things for many years. 619 449 4452. 619 449 4452.
1: Love those guys. Love what Alan and Amy do. What they meant to this show. Dave's right. The other day, uh, February 1st, was the two year anniversary. We're into year three of this podcast. The guys at Taylor Pools have been there from day one. And usually this is the point where we're making a joke about Vera, anything else. I'm so, uh, I almost said blown away. That would have been a terrible <laughs> choice of words. Uh, I'm just so mesmerized by the story I heard tonight, just thinking about that, that it's hard to joke about anything. So I'll just tell you, they do great work. And if you go to our website at DaveAndJeffShow.com and look under the sponsors page, look at some of the work they've done. Dave's right. We're going to have rain throughout the rest of the week. It's going to pour on Tuesday. Rest of the week's supposed to be a mess. But at some point, the rain's going to go away. It's going to start to clear up. All the grass in the backyard is going to look good. The plants are going to look good. And you know what would look even better is a brand-new tailor-made pool.
0: Absolutely. Also, don't forget about Brian Curry. selling real estate all over San Diego County. For the last 20 years, wins a ton of awards. He's the guy that's the best in the business. If you're looking to upgrade your situation, maybe you're looking for a smaller place now that the kids have gone off to college, Brian Curry is your guy. We've had listeners reach out to us the last couple of weeks saying, you know what? I made this call to Brian Curry because I've heard him on the show. That's what we need you to do to support our sponsors. That's what keeps the show going. Brian is also your guy for property management. If you need someone to manage your property, call Brian Curry at 619-251-1588, 619 619- Two five one one five eight eight. It's
1: a weird day, man, and I'll tell you why. Because Wednesday, I finally go to court. Wednesday, really? I go to court. Wednesday afternoon, and it's weird because there's stuff that needs to be worked out, and lawyers have to be worked out. And we hung out the other day at at the basketball game, and you know, exchanging texts today. But it's, it's just weird. It's yeah. awkward, and it's strange, and it's impacting her. It's impacting me. And it's impacting my kids. But everybody's cool. We'll all get along. It will all work out. But still, the idea, Dave, that you're walking into court on Wednesday for a divorce settlement that even though it's been a year in the making, you never felt like you were going to get there. And, and it's going to happen now. And I understand that the only way Cheryl Ladd can move in <laughs> is if I do this on Wednesday. <laughs> but I talked to Cheryl and Tanya Roberts, Jacqueline Smith, all of them tonight. I loved they said, them all. They said, what's up, boo? And I said, I got to tell you, it's a weird day. But the one thing that I know at the end is getting me through it is my pal, Brian Curry, because it's going to be awkward. It's going to be a drag. But then at the end, when you go, all right, well now, you know, kind of like we say on this show a lot, champions stand up, but others stay down. Uh, You got to start figuring out, okay, we've talked about a lot, Brian, where, where's that next chapter begin? Where do we go? Look at this fucking housing market, man. Whether it's renting or buying, uh, I have no idea. I mean, there are places where you go, well, shit, I think I could handle that. And then you look at other places and you go, well, that's a shithole. What, how does this work? You got to have somebody on your side who helps you out. And that's why Brian Curry's our guy. He will be my guy in a couple of weeks when, when believe me, even though I'm 100% uh fine with everything going on it's still gonna rattle my cage it's gonna rattle my cage on wednesday it's gonna rattle my cage again a couple of these times when you actually sign that paper uh, that's gonna be weird and that's when you need somebody to go yeah uh if you're looking to sell is the market gonna adjust they keep saying there's an adjustment coming is now the time how do i know the right price to ask so I get fair market value for my property. That's why you want Brian Curry on your side. He's going to help me. He's helped me every step of the way, and he'll help you too.
0: Again, they're all good guys. i got I got to mention Daniel Tyler right here for Superior Fence Company. Uh, Daniel's such a great guy, and he does great work. Everyone knows that Daniel Tyler and his company at uh, excuse me, Superior Fence Company does a fantastic job in the North County. He's all over San Diego County. He'll go wherever you want. He'll give you the free estimates. I tell you right now, he's doing me a huge favor in the next week or so. And I mentioned this uh, last week, but didn't realize to the extent that he was helping me out. I asked him to provide some fencing for me to protect the baseball players that I coached yeah. uh, in the dugout. So uh, he said, no problem. I'll take care of it. He goes, what day do you want it? And I said, can you do it on a weekend? He goes, I'll have my guys coming on a weekend. And I said, I really appreciate it. I know it's not easy for them because I'm sure his employees are families too. I said, Brian, we, um, excuse me, <laughs> Daniel, I should have said say, Daniel, can you do me a favor and send me An invoice. I know you said you're going to take care of it, but I said, can you send me an invoice so I can have the paperwork to show the school district that it was a donation? He goes, absolutely. So he just sends an email over. He's doing over $3,000 worth of work in in my son's name. He's doing it in Jake's projects. He's not doing doing it for his company and a tax write-off in his... His whole thing, and there's something uh, basically a different point of it. He's doing it because he's a great guy. He does great work. There's a reason we're going to A good guy that supports the show, keeps it going. If you need someone to take care of your fence, if you want the gates that we talk about all the time that make your house look we're great, not tired. <laughs> Dude, you better call and use that same accent. I'm telling you right now, he's going to expect it. Here's the website San Diego Superior Fence.com. San Diego Superior Fence.com. Again, an A plus rating with BBB. Daniel Tyler does great things. Big heart, just like all these guys. But here's the number, 760-745-4846,
1: 760-745-4846. I started laughing when you mentioned him because today is one of those days you just feel like, right, you're going to a public execution. You're just like, ah, I just want to get these days over with and just be done. And so I don't even know, like, what happens on Wednesday. I've heard we don't even have to talk. I'm like saying to her the other day, what do we do? How long does it take? I don't know. But I said to her, I go, uh, I'm going to go to Dobson's downtown. I'm going to have a lot of greyhounds and I'm going to buy myself a gavel. (laughs) And I'm just going to say, no, (laughs) no. (laughs) She's just like, what? I go, I'm going to. I'm going to shake my head at everything said. She goes, I think we're going to be in there pretty quick. I said, well, I'm going to make my point very quick with my gavel. And then I said, then I'm going to have a flask. I'm going to take a big manly shot. She goes, go ahead. It'll fall right off your chair. I said, shit, I will. But the funny thing is, uh, today you're like, okay, like I'm trying to get out of my head, right? It'll probably be no big deal, but I'm just trying to get it. I've never been through this shit. So, uh, I start looking at different properties and looking at condos and shit. And you find a couple that look good. The shit that's so funny is I'm like, that fence sucks. That's the (laughs) shittiest fence I've ever seen. And I'm like, God damn it, Dan. I've already said I'm going to have like the billboard that switches around because I'm going to sponsor it. I'm going to get a sweet deal from Southwest. I'll probably fly for free. Uh, Maybe I'll get free sandwiches from Chick-fil-A. Yeah you know the whole thing and then I'll I'll throw in curry and tailor made pool i guess <laughs> um but it's super funny when when you start looking at properties and all of a sudden because of our relationship with Dan Tyler you can see his work as well at com under superior fence and you look at it and you go yeah that fence sucks <laughs> condo looks great backyard looks great fence is a fucking joke These guys should have made that call. Don't let people say the same about your house. Make that call. Tell them Dave and Jeff sent you.
0: I also want to mention Ryan Barkley, the first guy to jump on and support the show. Ryan Barkley, Barkley Landscape. Don't forget, if you need to have your lawn fixed up, ready to go for the spring, he just put a brand new lawn in my front yard just a couple weeks ago. It looks absolutely great. The rain has really helped me out, thank goodness. But don't forget about the retaining walls, the erosion control, irrigation drip, insulation repair. You name it, you can do so many things for your property and make it look that much better. Call Ryan again. The family's been in business for more than 35 years. 619-669-8000, 619 619- Six six nine eight
1: thousand. Man, i tell you what, and he's never going to uh, toot his own horn, but I'm going to do it. If you were watching the Super Bowl yesterday and you saw that field, that was Barkley Landscaping. When they went in to that stadium, I think Ryan said they were in there. They just got it 10 days ago. It was nothing but weeds and crabgrass. And then you look at the job that Barkley Landscaping did. That field looks so good. It looked fake to me. Yep. I kept looking at that field that they played the Super Bowl on, and I said, Ryan, this goddamn grass looks fake. And he said, it's not. I went in there, brought my special mower, brought my special weed whip, and my <laughs> special blend of 11 different types of grasses, only four of which he can smoke. I said, son of a bitch. You nailed it. And he goes, "You goddamn right I did. It looked gorgeous." And I said, "Why didn't they let you put a Berkeley landscape logo right on the field?" He said, "Oh, they asked plenty of times. I declined. It wasn't about me." And I said, <laughs> "God damn, that is unbelievable." Yeah, I never said. Did you see a weed? Nope. Did you see any crabgrass? Nope. I said, "What is that?" He said, "That's 87-year-old yeah. natural Tennessee Bermuda that we use."
3: <laughs> I go, "Shit." <laughs>
1: That's the most gorgeous grass ever, and it could be yours, too. If you get off your fat, lazy ass, and you call Barkley landscaping, maybe you put the cigarettes down, for Christ's sake, and start yelling at your old lady. (laughs) What's the matter with me? I have no idea. Dave was doing 10 different Uh, things. I was like, does this idiot even know I'm uh, saying that Barkley landscaping? Oh, my gosh. Put the grass in. I was just trying to see if Dave would ever pay attention. I
0: got you the whole time. I want to mention Kyle Fluker. Finally, of course, our website. He can make your website that much better. Professional. Drive business right to it. 619-500-6621. Again, 619-500-6621. Give Kyle a call. You want to sit there and make your business look professional, actually run business right through that website, give Kyle a call and make your business that much more professional and make people look like, you know what, this guy has it going on.
1: Yep, sure does. Absolute huge difference maker for us. If you remember what the site used to look like versus where it looks today, I love when people look at the website and give Dave and I credit for it like we had anything to do. We gave (laughs) Kyle. I really couldn't have given Kyle any more of a broad – base of what we were looking for in this site, and he took it and made it absolutely fantastic. Check out our website and then look at yours. It's probably sad and pathetic. And then you look at ours, you go, man, that's that's a man's website right there. That's the way a website should be. Your website right now is kale. <laughs> ours is meatloaf. <laughs> and it's all because of Kyle Pfluger.
0: Oh, my gosh, that's too funny. All right, before we get on out of here, I want to mention uh, the Lakers because yeah. – By the time we go back on there on Sunday, things could be completely different. Everybody knows that Anthony Davis doesn't want to be at the Pelicans anymore. The guy's one of the top five players in the NBA. He's absolutely outstanding. He's a young kid in his mid-20s, hasn't even hit supposedly what he's going to be at his best. We all know he's represented by LeBron's guys. Here's the deal with uh, the Pelicans. He's made it clear there's basically one team he really wants to play for. He said he'll go to the Knicks. The Knicks have nothing to offer. Milwaukee. Milwaukee, which is very strange, isn't it? How about that? Milwaukee, Milwaukee has nothing to offer either. Yeah. You know, no one really has anything to offer. The Clippers is one I thought was interesting. Because you imagine if he ended up with the Clippers and then they got Kawhi this summer. Wow. All of a sudden, the Clippers are better than the Lakers a- again. And poor Ralph Lawler's going yeah. away. There you go, you goat.
1: good <laughs> What do you
0: mean, you goat? But when he's, <laughs> come on, maybe he's been the problem. Jesus, nothing's ever good. nothing good has ever happened with Ralph Lawler. Oh, and a stupid-ass rule, first team to 100 wins. That fucking is not the case. Stop saying that, you dope.
1: Put the stick mic down, <laughs> Wink Martindale. Jesus, embarrassing yourself. Joker, Joker, and a triple. Jack <laughs> Berry's dead, Ralph. <laughs> so
0: here's the deal with the Lakers, Let if you're not paying it. attention. They've offered the whole fucking team.
1: Have you watched Chicago? We brought this up to Kraska. Yeah. Have you seen his no, what ridiculous? Is he, what, what's, op- it, what's he uh, he's offering? Like, well, I'd probably offer Javale McGee <laughs> and Beasley, and you know, a conditional one.
3: I, like, Jesus Christ! I just
1: don't take your Twitter account yeah, down. You're absolutely right. And he goes, "It's okay to dream." I go, "You're annoying." Yeah, you're Shut embarrassing up. yourself. Like you have to, you have to look at it from a New Orleans perspective. Yes. If you are trading Anthony Davis, Dave, who's help me out top five player, top in, the five league, player right? in the league, right? Yes. Without you have to get something back. Yes. You can paint it to show that Anthony Davis forced your hand. Yeah, but you have to get something that's going to move the needle for your fan base. Yeah. So now here's the question: You've got Holiday. He's your point guard. Yes. there. Yes, UCLA guy. Yeah. Why are you worried about getting Lonzo Ball? What didn't it make? We were talking about this in my office today. Wouldn't yep. you, if you're the Pelicans, wouldn't you go maybe Kuzma, uh, maybe Hart? Right when Kuzma heart, yeah, they aren't that, asking for heart for some reason. No, I know, yeah. but but what are you going to do with Lonzo Ball?
0: You you trade him off in a three team deal. I think that's where you the see. Lon, that's what Lonzo Ball's dad wants. Is he wants him with Phoenix? I mean, you obviously you switch him off to another team. Devin Booker wants out of Phoenix. So Devin Booker's an outstanding player. He's just on so he team So where would he go? That that's the thing. If you can work a three team trade somewhere, and Devin Booker ends up going to the Pelicans, and all of a sudden yeah. you're, you're you're switching <laughs> things around. I don't know. I'm not really worried about what the fuck they're going to do, meaning the, the Pelicans. I think right now when the Lakers have offered everything they possibly have. I mean Beasley. Everything but LeBron you've offered right. basically.
1: So Beasley. Uh, who else did I say? Kuzma. In the, Kuzma. Ingram. Ingram.
0: Ball. Ball. Two first-round picks.
1: And then there was somebody else, though, too. Didn't, is JaVel McGee in that deal? Uh,
0: Lance Stevenson was Lance in it for a little Stevenson, bit. Lance Stevenson.
1: That was the other guy. But they didn't yeah. offer the the Russian center.
0: No, they at first it sounded like they did, and then sounded like the Pelicans weren't interested.
1: Boy, I I, I mean, and, you watched that they, team. Yeah, yeah, they don't want
0: they don't want Zubac, and Zubac's they feel like been that really kid's good. got a bright future, right? Yeah, I do too. I think the guy's their best center on the team right now. A- anyway, when the Lakers offer everything, and and I understand the Pelicans aren't in a dream scenario. Yeah, but I completely agree with Anthony Davis when he says, "I've given you six fucking years, and you guys have done nothing for me."
3: God, done nothing. A shitty spot, and if man. the Lakers
0: do, they, they are, they're in a shitty spot and they won't trade him to Boston or he won't yeah. go to Boston, sign a long-term deal. And the Celtics said, we will trade you, Tatum. Well, Tatum's not the player he was last year. Tatum's only averaging yeah. 16 points a game. He's not as good as he was. Well, why would you trade with the Celtics when you know Anthony, or why would the Celtics make that move when Anthony Davis isn't going to sign a long-term deal? He, they're upset his family is the way they treated Isaiah Thomas. Kyrie could go to New York. The Knicks have nothing to offer. Some of those message boards are so fucking hilarious. When they go, yeah. what are the Knicks going to offer? Spike right. Lee and a pair of Tims? You know? Yeah. They're, they're, they're hilarious. Anyway, you kind of got to make this deal if you're in New Orleans with the Lakers. There's only one team really to trade with because they can offer the most.
1: Yeah. He can walk. Can Davis walk at the end of this year?
0: No, end of the, end, the not following. this year. The following summer. He can leave. So he can end up oh, with right. the Lakers. Yeah. But if you're a Laker fan like me, you're going, well, there's no guarantee we'd saw what happened to Paul George. Right. There's no guarantee you can fall in love with somewhere else.
1: So the deadline is Thursday. Thursday,
0: 12 o'clock our time.
1: And what I saw tonight is that Dell Demps, the GM of the Pelicans, continues to talk to Magic about it. Magic's trying to make the deal. They're going for it. Dave, who's going to round out your bench?
0: You're going to find a bunch of scrubs. I don't know what the hell you... Judd Bushler, what are you doing? How's your jumper? How about him?
1: He's not with that team anymore. Where's Judd Bushler? I don't know. He was an assistant coach, and now he's out. (laughs) And Dave, we didn't even talk about this last night, but that story of that things got heated between Beasley and McGee Mm. and Luke Walton.
0: Do you see Ramona Shelburne said it was all bullshit? Yeah. Yeah,
1: Yeah, I did. But... I don't know, man. That that team seems like they are. there's a lot of disarray yeah. with that team. doesn't feel like you oh, watch there, that complete, team every dis,
0: night. There is. It's complete disarray. And the thing is, they aren't winning with the guys they have. So if any Laker fans are in love with the young guys, that's absolutely fine. But the, the problem is the Lakers don't win with what they have, number one. Two is the Laker guys are all injury prone. Every one of those guys I just mentioned are injured right. all the fucking time. Every right. one of those guys. So go ahead and trade him. And guess what? Julius Randle's sitting there right now. You're going to have last year's Laker team in New Orleans.
1: God damn. Go suck a dick. Oh, shit. Right in the French Quarter. <laughs> on a baguette.
0: Dude, I lost $100 to that fucking yeah. Super Bowl. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give the guy that I lost a $100 bill to. Yeah. And I'm just going to write on there. Did I, I tell you this already? Memo? Did no, t- write him
1: a check. No. Put I'm, it in the memo line.
0: I'm going to write it right on the $100 bill. Right on a big goddamn Sharpie. I sucked a dick for this $100. Oh, you better not. The, the struggle is real. And see if he spends it.
1: <laughs> now what? That's really it good. Said you
0: can stick that in your wallet, and then you can decide who you're going to pay off when you lose your next $100 bet with it and get to sit
1: there. That's real class. I'm going to tell you something. I never claimed to be classy. Uh, <laughs> <Who said that? laughs> it's getting late. We're still here. I'm going to tell you, this weatherman at KUSI, he makes me uncomfortable. Yes. I don't know his name, but what? that guy, I feel like if he was standing next to me on the trolley, I'd probably just jump off, even if I was in Spring Valley. I'm like, I don't know where I am. But I. I. <laughs> How come Rick Willis
0: is off there and nobody mentions it? Nobody knew. I was here for like 20 years. What happened?
1: Goddamn. It's a tragedy. Good kid. Sandy Diego got Good guy. Good guy, yeah. <laughs> Good guy Bubba. What if he'll keep his Twitter, Rick Willis, K-U-S-I?
0: <laughs> that is the dumbest thing in the city right there. Because right. that idiot keeps 1090, even though they blow him out.
1: All right, we have to go, but I need this because that Dick Leisure Friar had me dying yeah. laughing today. Apparently, your fascinating Eric Parker story <laughs> last night had more to it. Jesus Christ, I was dying on the vine. But apparently, for my friend Leisure... I don't know why that fucker strikes me so funny. I can't take that, idiot. He was very heartbroken that I did so, He cussed right at you. It was great. He cussed, then he cussed right at, you. at you. He told you. He called you and said, stop being so girly yeah. and tell Jeff to shut the fuck <laughs> he up. Did, he, told, he told me to shut the fuck up.
0: <laughs> that was the highlight of my day. I like when you told people today, stop looking at the shiny object.
1: <laughs> right. Let's pay attention to the well, facts. We'll get to that in a minute.
0: This I made, don't want to tell my Eric Parker story. I'm out of gas on that one. Are
1: <laughs> you done? After all that, you bitch, yeah, yeah, Antonio like, Gates showed up?
0: No, Antonio Gates never showed up. I just thought it was funny if I put it in there that yeah. Antonio Gates showed up. But no, oh. he wasn't there.
1: Oh, you this, fucking this, idiot. Go,
0: yeah, go ahead. You got to read this, this tweet that you put out today, which was outstanding, I thought.
1: Yeah, so today I was looking at Facebook memories. I was looking at Facebook memories, and, uh, and all of a sudden... I found a poll that had been in the Union Tribune four years ago today. 500 adults were polled in the city of San Diego. And I think for everybody that has revisionist history about this team, why this team left, these were the numbers from a Union Tribune poll, and these numbers were consistent every step of the way. 500 adults polled in San Diego, 63% said no tax funds for a new stadium. 53% said no tax breaks for a new stadium. 56% of people polled in San Diego said no land contributions for a new stadium. So right now you're getting no tax funds, no tax breaks, no land contribution. 39% said just renovate the queue, but this was the number. All of them were fascinating. 56% of the people polled four years ago today said the chargers aren't going anywhere. Yep. And I just ask yourself, as the potential owner of this team, if your daily paper comes out and 63% of the people in your community said they're not going to give you tax funds, 53% of those same people say they're not going to give you a tax break, 56% of the people in your community, say they're not going to give you land contributions, and then 56% say, oh, and by the way, you're not fucking going anywhere. Yep. I'm just asking you, if you're honest with yourself, what do you do? What do you do? Because I have a very hard time believing any of us, any of us, would have sat there and said, I'm going to stick it through. I am not freeing Dean of his part in this. You know that. I've said it plenty of times, the Dean fucked this up along the way. But those numbers were 63% no tax funds, 53% no tax breaks, 56% no land contributions. You were not interested in negotiating. Exactly right. You were not interested in the negotiation. He saw it. He realized Qualcomm was a shithole, and he hightailed it out of here. Fine. But we didn't do anything except help him pack his fucking bags.
0: Couldn't agree more with that. And I tell you, that the two people I blame the most— for, for Dean living and, uh, leaving and people not sitting there taking him seriously. One is the mayor.
1: What a joke.
0: The mayor Faulkner. Faulkner
1: is a complete fucking joke.
0: Absolutely. We had him on, I remember, oh. and he said, I don't want to be the known as the mayor when the Chargers left. Well, that's what you're known as.
1: Yeah, couldn't get the convention yeah, yeah. center done. Potholes. Jim Trotter right. writes about it today. It's just they, reading it right now. There's potholes all around the airport. Nothing, nothing has gotten yeah. accomplished from that guy. He is as two-dimensional as anybody we've seen. And I look, Hedgecock was mayor in this town before I really was paying attention. Pete Wilson, right? I don't know where you're at with Susan Golding or Jerry Sanders, Judge Dick Murphy, Maureen O'Connor, any of the others along the way. I, I guarantee you, Faulkner is the biggest empty suit to sit in that office in a long fucking time. And we should be embarrassed. Yep. But again, we're the same fucking community that voted in Mike Geary. We're the same fucking community that votes Duncan Hunter back in, and we're a fucking laughingstock nationally because the guy's facing 60 fucking federal charges, but we vote that dick in. I mean, what the fuck are we doing in this shithole? What the fuck? We can't, nobody can drive tonight. Takes me two fucking hours to get to Chula Vista because you guys are all so fucking scared of your shadow. Oh, the road's a little damp. There wasn't one drop of rain coming down. Yeah. And there's more 10 o'clock, 2 o'clock. Take your sorry asses home. (laughs) Go home and watch Judge Judy. And just fucking eat your oatmeal and bitch at the wind, you fucking dicks. God, we got more fucking dickheads in this town. I can't take it. But those are the numbers. So And then I got some asshole who, who wrote to me today where you know the county couldn't vote. Oh, no shit. Thanks. <laughs> and that was when I, <laughs> I laughed out loud. Oh, was that right? What was the one you wrote? The guy got... Uh, yeah, this was, is the one. You wrote what? Like, one, one guy said, words. you know, Stan built his with no tax funds. Did you know that? I go, no, I did. I had no fucking and idea. You wrote, and he wrote, thanks.
0: I, I laughed for 20 minutes. I don't know why I laughed so hard on <laughs> because, that one. That's so funny to me.
1: Because people, I told you that dumb shit John Nico's last night yep. when we're telling the Mike Riley story, yep. people write to me on Twitter like I have no fucking clue, like I didn't live it. <laughs> well, you know, I remember this. Hey, you'll get, a kick, <laughs> you'll get now, a kick out of this. You know, Mike Riley used to have a regular spot on the Scott and BR show. And when Mike Riley was on there... Pay attention, kid. He'd say, you know, that Ryan Lee, he was a a tough apple. Oh, no? Really? Well, I'm sorry I missed that show. Now, you know, I've had 97 fucking one-on-one conversations with Mike Riley. But thank God fucking BR was there so I could see the forest through the trees, John. Take a seat. All right. So the number one guy I blamed was Mayor Faulkner. Number
0: two. I 100% mean this. Sorry. Who else? It's Nick Canapa.
1: Yeah, he's a uh,
0: do-nothing. Uh, so because because <laughs> Nick talked to Dean all the time. And well, what have said he put a shovel in the ground. That was it. That was the line. I'll believe it when they put a shovel in the ground. Well, then it's too fucking late. And then guess what? It was too fucking late. You had the loudest voice in San Diego. Fucking, D, fucking Nick and fucking Mark Grant can write my favorite. What did Mark Grant do? Because you idiots in this town fall for their bullshit. What did Mark
3: Grant do? Mark Grant
0: can literally go on Twitter tomorrow and write, my favorite color is light blue. And he'll like, 9,000 likes. I love, like, Bluetooth, bud. Yes, you're the best. You're fucking, the best. Him and Nick can say more irrelevant bullshit, and you guys fucking, I gotta like this. Yeah.
1: You go, uh... Jesus, give him some substance. Yeah. Hey, the Super Bowl was boring. And Mud goes down there with his usual half ass effort. Oh, thanks, Jim Nance.
3: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, mud. And I text him all the time. I am like, "That's a shitty effort." <laughs> I like that. I like that. You tell him that's a shitty. And these fucking sheep in this town, bah. Mud on Twitter, bah. Pay attention to Bye. it. Bye. <laughs> that's how it goes yeah. every fucking it, day. If Mud ever snaps and drags all you assholes out to the fucking fenced-in yard in Alpine, and has y'all put on fucking adult diapers and drink Kool-Aid. Fuck it.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Can I have one more glass? My dad. <laughs> fucking
1: cheap. Oh, a bunch of dick. I don't know why they oversized diapers on. So I'm sorry funny. for all of- Yeah. But it's like you send that out and then all of a sudden everybody's going to explain to me what the fuck happened. Like I was saying to a guy today at work, I go, I met Fabiani in 2002. Yeah. Dave was there. We met 2000 fucking two. I met that Dip shit. Okay. Like, does anybody blame Chula Vista for completely fucking up the power plant and the yeah. Gaylord and just let it? Does anybody blame fucking Escondido for dropping the ball? Does anybody look at the city of Oceanside and go, what the fuck happened here? Right? I mean, we had guys that worked in the NFL. This wasn't a tweet. Yeah. Okay. I'll lay this out. This was not a tweet that I read from fucking Jason Lockenfora or Vinny Bondsenior. Yeah. This was an actual guy from the NFL who told us at uh, Phoenix Forty Nine. He goes, you know why you guys need a downtown stadium? Because we can walk everywhere. We don't have to get in the car. We can park at the airport. We can come downtown, dinner in the gas lamp, the convention centers right there, gorgeous hotels, and we can walk to the yep. stadium. And what does San Diego do? We got to go to fucking Mission Valley, which makes no sense at all. The NFL then said, You know, if you guys build it there, we're fucking coming every four years. Yep. We're not going to Minneapolis again. We don't want to go to Jacksonville. Hey, fuck, you think we're going to go back to Ford Field? God, fuck. <laughs> You know, you got these dumb shits like Richard Ryder and Bruce Henderson. Get these assholes out of the way. Build that fucking thing. And we're going to be there every four years. Yes. And we believe that if you have five or six Super Bowls in your rotation, that it's going to continue to do a good thing for you. And people are going to get excited. And maybe national conventions will want to come and remember that you're here. God damn, we're Santa Barbara. Can't even
0: have a hotel tax.
1: We completely blew it. Well, Kyle's doing a thing tonight for first responders. Yeah, we're the same city that voted that shit down. Why Why do we want to have the goddamn jerk-off convention coming here from Dallas, Texas? Why do we want the 90 guys coming here for a circle jerk? What the hell is
3: going on with Steve Bosh?
1: That's Steve Bosch or Andy Rooney. We got 95 guys that are going to have a circle jerk. But instead of charging those guys $4 more for a room so we can hire more first responders, we're offended by that. We voted down. So that's why I put the tweet out today. Put the tweet out because you go, those were five. Oh, well, you know, uh, I I wasn't asked to participate. Shut up. Yeah, exactly. You weren't asked to participate because you're not relevant. Sorry, whatever your therapist tells you. But Dave and I are going to tell you <laughs> what we've known for a long time. And you know who else knew it who's text me all the time? Yes. Miserable Padre fan. And he said, the people that make it about them, they're just not relevant. And I go, I know. <laughs> I hate to say it, but you're right. <laughs> That's all good. All right. So we're coming back on Sunday. Hopefully, Josh Lewin. Um, I hope so, too. Yeah. we uh, Josh had talked about coming down tonight, but I was texting back and forth with him today. And uh, his plan is either Sunday night or Monday night. That is going to be We good have promoted
0: one. the fuck out of Josh Lewin. Well, he's worth it. It's like, uh, we're almost like the Jimmy Kimmel. Sorry, Matt Damon. <laughs> I mean, that's where we're
1: at with Josh yeah. Lewin. What if Lewin, what if it was all just bullshit? Yeah. And Lewin's like, oh, I don't even know these guys. I want to go on Craig Alston's show. And I want to talk about Celebrity Big Brother. And I want to talk about Survivor. And that shit with those chicks, the maid show—I want to talk about that. But I—I I, no, yes, I'm not driving down there. To talk to those; they can book Dan Plant. But I am not going. No, that's not the conversation. Hopefully All right. this weekend.
0: All right, let's get on out of here. See you. All right.